0: Hello and welcome to the Publicly Challenged Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Oswald, and I hope you join me on my quest for knowledge to become a better public land hunter, angler, and forager. Stick with this and who knows, maybe we will learn something together. All right, so I am sitting here and I am talking to Chris McKelvey and, uh, Chris, would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself for everybody listening?
1: All right. I'm Chris McKelvey. I uh, now uh, happily reside in uh, Meridian, Idaho. Escaped from uh, somewhere I never thought I'd leave until, I don't know, the last couple of years and watching the beautiful state of California turn into a a beautiful state full of crazy people. (laughs) (laughs) I I think I soon need to
0: be... An escapee of Illinois, I think that's yeah. uh, that's on the agenda.
1: Is it getting getting pretty weird out there too? Uh,
0: yeah, I'd say it's little California. Um, maybe not some of the same things, but some of the policies are just absurd. So yeah, that's yeah, uh, like a crime bill that tried to get pushed through and actually got a stay of protection. But uh, basically, that crime bill said there is zero arrestable offenses, even murder. So, um, yeah, well, okay. I shouldn't say that homicide is still arrestable and, and there's an actual bail that goes along with that, but, um, manslaughter and, uh, like aggravated assault and battery stuff like that isn't actually arrestable. Kind of a weird dynamic because they said those laws were racist, um, so, yeah, I mean, oh boy. You you can get you can get a feeling for that. Yeah, that's that's neat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry yeah, I to interrupt be... you anyway, but yeah. happily escaped from <laughs> <All right>. Idaho. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I escaped to Idaho. No, it's uh it's so uh, fully embracing the the publicly challenged trying to figure out a, you know, a, a brand new state and I mean, and a big one at that honestly. I mean, not that like what California's one of the like three bigger states, but it's very. uh I'm always amazed when I look at like when I pull up an area on my map and and look for look at directions to see how long it takes to get there. There's a lot of like windy mountain roads, so you know what I mean. To get like you could get from you get from the top of the bottom of California in you know eight hours, nine hours, something like that. You know what I mean, or at least the areas that I would go. I didn't. I always stayed out of Southern California. It was way too you know way too many people down there for me. So I right. was you know the upper the upper two thirds. You know what I mean, but to get from, I'm, I'm outside of Boise and to get up into the panhandle, it's like six, seven, eight hours. And I'm always looking at it like, it can't be right, man. It's not that far, but you know, windy, twisty mountain roads No it's, express? It's ways, definitely,
0: right. Yeah. <laughs> no yeah you, know,
1: you don't have, <laughs> right. You, you don't have those, those monster giant freeways going, uh, you know, going straight for just miles and miles and miles, but no, it's, uh, it's been, uh, trying to, trying to make a time to get out and explore some more. But I mean, I don't know. I kind of, I found a couple of decent decent areas already, so now I just gotta, I don't know, get a get a harness on my uh, on my ADD and and decide to either focus on an area or go try to find new ones. But I mean, the availability of tags like I had a I had a really a really good encounter last year. Um, the the like one full day I got out to elk hunt and forty one yard frontal opportunity at a shot on a bull that I didn't take because it was forty one yards frontal at you know, three minutes of light left. So I, I let him walk reluctantly, but also at the same time, I'm, I'm glad I did. Cause you know, it's a little, it's a marginal shot, especially for me. I mean, for somebody, somebody better than me, that, that that's probably a sure thing, but you know, for, I didn't want my, my first uh, elk shot to be one that I regretted. So, yeah. so I let him go, but a ton of sign in that area, you know, I know they're in there, but at the same time, there's another tag that I found that's like a, like an early season, um, early season hunt where I'd be hunting bulls that are still in bachelor groups, which, I mean, in my inexperienced mind, sounds like it could be more of a slam dunk, but I also don't know the area at all. So it's like, what do I do?
0: Yeah, no, I get it, man. I, uh, I, I question everything I do and overanalyze everything I do to the mm-hmm. point to where if I would have just made a decision and stuck with it, I probably would be a heck of a lot more successful
1: it tends
0: to be my mo all the time and i don't i don't know why
1: um paralysis by analysis
0: yeah i think so i really do it's (laughs) that's a good analogy it's a good way to put it because that's yeah that's how it ends up and like i was telling you earlier i i really screwed up this this year (laughs) screwed up my windshield permits and didn't submit them so if I'm locked out, I'm locked out, and it's going to be all exploration for me. And who knows, maybe that might lead to something uh, really great that I haven't uh, haven't done before. Or who knows, maybe I can escape Illinois before hunting season and start fresh somewhere else. But uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, what are you more excited about right now, spring bear season, or um, are you looking forward to uh elk season more.
1: On the on the immediate, I mean, obviously spring bear happens sooner, so I'm 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 pretty focused on that right now. But it, it's I mean it's tough, honestly. Like I've never put like like we were saying before, I've never put that much effort into, you know, going out just for bear. Um California didn't have a spring season. But I mean there's also there was so many bears that I mean that was that was the most sign you'd see anywhere anytime you went out hunting. Or that, I mean anytime you went out lion, anywhere that yeah there was that that was getting there was getting to be a lot more mountain line tracks and scat and you know trail cam pictures over the last uh the last few years there um but i was in california also but it's weird actually the area that i area that i hunted last year i saw one pile of scat that was probably like that first spring crap when they're when they're when they they pass that grass plug right um when they or hair plug rather when they first get up and get their digestive tract going but I didn't see any tracks, um, any of the you know the scratching on on trees or stomp trails or any of that stuff that I'm used to seeing. So I don't know if that that unit just has. And I looked at it on there, the Idaho Hunt Planner, and the there's there's bears taken out of that unit. So I don't know if I was just in a you know in an area they don't like for whatever reason. Um, but I don't know. It was kind of weird. I was like, I'm used to seeing way more bear sign than this. Like, what's going on? But um, no, I mean it's it's good. I'm trying to. I don't know, trying to focus on a lot of things, trying to, you know, learn, learn elk better to where I, I feel like for, you know, a guy that's all of his knowledge was theoretical before, you know, the first day I stepped in the woods with, with a tag and actually had an encounter, which I was pretty surprised about everything, you know, has been podcasts and online learning and, you know, studying YouTube videos and just trying to absorb everything else I could, um, trying to, quantify as much of that information as possible and just continue to, you know, absorb more of it so that I can be, at least have a, you know, up my chances for success this year. But at the same time, you know, I've got, I've got a lot more opportunities here, period. So trying to, you know, learn as much about bears and figure out, you know, wolves and mountain lions and, and every other critter that that is now back on the menu. But I mean, bears a great source of meat. I enjoy it. It's been a really long time since I've had any in the freezer and I mean, getting one, getting one in spring, that'd be a great, you know, a great freezer filler for the meantime until September. So, um, right. right, all the above, I guess. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I want a bear for a coat really bad. And I don't know how many black bears it would take to do that, but,
1: uh, I'm willing to try some of them get pretty big, man. Yeah. You get, and actually I've seen, I don't remember where it was. I saw, is it Ohio? Is Ohio black bears? I saw a picture yesterday, last night, randomly scrolling and some guy, Some guy reset a midwestern record that had stood for like like thirty plus years, and I mean, this thing was a toad. I imagine it was probably like you know eating off of somebody's ag field or like that hogzilla from the mid nineties, where it was eating a bunch of you know crazy fish food from a bass farm or whatever that the story was with that one. But I mean, this thing was like it, it didn't look it didn't look crazy long, but I mean, the thing was like the guy was sitting on the ground next to it and it didn't look like one of those pictures where you're, you know, 10 feet back doing this program, but um, it it was the the top of its back was probably three feet off the ground or something like that. I mean, it was, it was a big bear, but (laughs) I mean, black bears get pretty big. I think it's, you know, you get, you get different. I mean, different areas, you know, and you find that, that one big boar or whatever, but I've seen some, I've seen some real toads. I think if, if you got, you know, if you got the right one, I think you could make a bear coat out of, out of one bear,
0: yeah, that'd be cool. It'd definitely be cool. Yeah, I always think yeah. of the movie uh Legends of the Fall. You know, where the dad yeah. and I think he's actually—I don't. It looks like a grizzly bear coat that the guy, the dad's wearing when he comes out on the porch with the cigar in his mouth and the yep. shotgun. Yeah, that that scene. <laughs> like, yeah, that's it. That was like the—that's <laughs> the most iconic scene ever. I think in, in my right. mind, that just—that's one of those scenes that just sticks in my head, and I think about it, and I'm like dude i want a yeah. coat like that so bad yeah i <laughs> already got the double barrel all i need is the coat <laughs> there you go uh, yeah so that's pretty cool man i i was kind of hoping to actually come up and join you up there for uh for the the bear season but uh i don't think that's going to happen but you're definitely going to have to keep me posted. Let me know on what's going on there and how it looks and what you're learning. You know, I'd love to at least go along and learn that journey with you as far as, uh, what your discoveries, but, um, so, so what are your plans? Like how many can a resident take? Can you take more than two bears or is it just like a two bear is like what you get for the one tag?
1: So it's, well, it's, it's one, one tag per bear. And it's most of the the bottom portion of the state is one one bear it's up in the panhandle where the population and it's not i don't that's kind of a blanket statement it's it's unit by unit you you have the ability to get a second tag, but it's up in the panhandle is where the um where the that second the second tags are available
0: oh so that's that's where the two bear tag thing is is up there
1: yeah yeah
0: okay because i always thought it was like the whole state it's like oh yeah that's awesome man you get two bear tags I, thought, and... I thought the same
1: thing yeah but it, and it's, it's like 110 I mean, and it's, bucks
0: they're... right like it's well for a non-resident
1: yeah which i mean really I, I don't know i don't know how it is elsewhere but i mean again i, I always looked at like you know california's prices and for, for <laughs> what i paid right i know right that's, a, that's so everything is cheap here it's weird right no i uh <laughs> i looked at uh So for what I used to pay for, uh, my hunting license, two deer and one bear tag in California, I can get the Idaho sportsman's package, which is combination license. So my hunting and fishing license and every non draw tag in the state. So I've got deer, bear, mountain lion, wolf, uh, and elk. Is that right? Deer, bear, mountain lion, elk, and wolf. Yeah. Yeah. And so you just have to add like, you know, your, um, migratory birds you know what I mean all and yeah. those little little extra add-ons so like sport fishing that's something else I mean I haven't I haven't fished in it's probably been 10, 10 plus years something like that and you, you know have a little ones, yeah you know that's something <laughs> that like I think I'm ready for that frustration I, I think I am like you know so
0: <laughs> like I said I'm, I'm not the, like the most coordinated guy in the world but At the end of the day, somehow I manage and I still get it done. It it is what it is, right? Um, And, yeah, I don't look the most graceful as I'm going back and forth and so-called trying to paint the flat ceiling because they always tell you, you know, we don't live in igloos, so don't go all the way down, whatever. You want to keep that range of motion like you're just painting a ceiling, right? A flat ceiling in a house. And yeah, I overextend that range all the time. And sometimes my wrist starts to curve instead of staying straight or whatever. Sometimes I side. And like, so I fish in my creek. And, and I just started that last year. And it was the coolest feeling in the world catching a smallmouth bass the size of a freaking dollar bill. No joke. So I I had some little Murdich minnows that I got that were like real small ones because I figured, you know what, smaller creek, I'm not doing like a three-inch streamer or whatever, four-inch streamer. I got these little Murdich minnows. I can't remember what hook size they were, but they were pretty darn small. They weren't like an ot. They were like a six hook or something. So they were small. And uh, I had my fly rod out and I couldn't even cast overhead because they're, like the foliage and everything was kind of hanging over the creek so you couldn't get you know you didn't want to get snagged up in the canopy so i started like side casting and in my head i'm like holy crap this is like the river runs through it shadow casting stuff going on here but i had a blast it was completely unconventional from the way i've been originally taught but still caught some fish and that little smallmouth the size of a freaking dollar bill had me so jacked up and excited. I was like, this is great. I think, you know, I need to use, obviously I need to use the fly rod more. I'm not that great of a fisherman with conventional tackle, but just having that added element of frustration and having to try and get the line out and stripping the line back in, you know, by hand. And it's just something cool. It, it yeah. I feel like I'm connecting with something that, uh, that that's, it maybe it's just because it's completely different and out of my wheelhouse, but it's, it's pretty neat. So yes, pick up that fly rod. Uh,
1: yeah it, well it looks way more Therapeutic than you know what I mean like the like Oh the I don't know about that there, There's a big level of frustration
0: Well just like a bait caster. Like I said I'm not the most graceful guy in the world Every time I go out I'm picking out at least One bird's nest although I will say Modern Reels that are out now uh, Those reels definitely help With the mag control and all that stuff Now I'm only picking out maybe one or two Bird's nests versus uh, bird's nest Every other cast So yeah So there's there's some perks and pluses to those. (laughs) I don't know if you're the same way as that goes, but.
1: (laughs) It's been so honestly, like, like I said, it's been a long time. And the last, the last time I went fishing was, was on a whim. I went to cut some firewood and uh, one of my, one of my hunting partners was like, Hey, I'm going salmon fishing tomorrow. You want to come with me? I was like, I mean, I guess like, yeah, I'm up here already. You know what I mean? Let me go get a one day license and, and, I actually, of everybody up there, he took me to, you know, he took me to one of his spots. The only reason I had any success, and I mean, he had, you know, the, the row balls and everything and a secret recipe for, you know, what he, what he put on there. And I was the only one to land a salmon that day. And, I mean, when that fish hit, I, I lost my mind. I forgot, you know what I mean? Like I said, I mean, it had been, it had been probably... 10, 15 years before that, since I caught a fish. So it was, you know, everything that I used to know went completely out of my head. And I just, I mean, I set the hook and I'm surprised I didn't rip that fish's face off. And, and I just, I mean, started panic reeling, you know what I mean? Like the whiskey throttle version. He's like, you set the hook already. Just calm down. Remember it's like the, you know, the seesaw motion. And yeah. I was like, Oh yeah, 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 that's right.
0: <laughs> so uh, a few things I got to ask about that. Cause that's pretty cool. Um, were they freshwater salmon then or what?
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. It was up in the, up in the Trinity, uh, Trinity river up, up in the Trinity mountains in California.
0: Okay. That's pretty cool, man. I, I haven't yeah. caught a salmon in a long time. Um, last time was like on the Lake, you know, Lake Michigan, but, uh, still not the same as like getting them when they're on, like on a run. I think that'd be the yeah. coolest thing in the world to be like just in there, but either way, hooking into a fish, how big was your fish? Cause I never
1: got any that were like huge, but, um, that honestly that's the that's the only salmon i've ever caught it's the biggest fish i've ever caught for sure. it was probably a little over foot maybe i don't know i didn't i didn't wait or anything you know what i mean i don't know like i'm not yeah it's been so long i'm not you know what i mean i, w- I wasn't on instagram then so i didn't have to you know do the grip and grin, oh so you didn't look do back the grip the photo, grin. everything
0: I know. is content you gotta know that come on man i
1: know yeah <laughs> here I am before I ever knew I was going to be on here. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, it was, it was a good size fish though. I mean, I was, I was happy with it. We had a, ate a couple of, you know, nice, uh, nice fillets out of it. And I mean, my wife was stoked. She's not really a, she's not really a huge red meat eater. Um. Yeah. So the, the fish, I mean, she's, she's all about the, all about the fish. So.
0: Yeah. I cannot eat salmon if it's like a restaurant or you know, store bought frozen stuff, but if somebody's got a fresh chunk that they caught, like, I'll tear it up. But that is about yeah. the only time I can eat a piece of salmon and I don't know why that is. And I guess now it's a good thing with the whole uh bioengineered salmon that they're going to be putting out on the market. So <laughs>
1: Oh boy. Yeah, that's yeah. I saw something the other day, three D printed meat. I was like, why? Just why? I mean <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Why? why are we doing this?
0: Because they want to play God. I mean, essentially, that's what that is. Is there's some people that uh, they definitely do. They want to play creator, and uh, yeah, they're, they're going to screw it up for all of us. I think.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Things aren't <laughs> going to get better from that. I don't think. No.
0: clearly, they haven't seen enough uh, Jurassic Parks or Terminators or uh, any of those yeah. movies, but or maybe they have, and that's why they want to do it. I don't know. Maybe it's very nefarious yeah. and they just want that to happen. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. You caught a salmon. Um, so do you, do you see yourself actually getting that fly rod and getting ready to take on that
1: responsibility?
0: You know,
1: I, it'll probably be a transition to the fly rod, but I, with, you know, i have got ai got a, I've got a six year old son and a two year old son and, I really, the last thing I want to do is destroy the outdoors for them and the way, the way I've transitioned to hunting, you know, I don't want to, I want to bring them into it, but at the same time, I don't want to, I I don't know how to pace myself enough to like make it enjoyable for them. You know what I mean? So I figure the fishing is, I mean, my wife will do it too. And so it can be a, a family activity and it's a lot, it's an easier, you know, entry to the, to the whole hunting and you know gathering lifestyle and then as they get you know as they get a little older then and even at that I mean I got to figure out like I used to do I used to do a lot more what would be kid-friendly hunting you know what I mean when when um when I was younger I started out so you know much like yourself like we were talking about earlier I started out hunting on on private land and I'm relearning kind of how to, how to hunt the way most people do. You know, we started out, we did a lot of, we did a lot of road hunting. We just drive around and, and, you know, look for deer on, on the property. And, you know, now more and more, uh, I park once and, you know, come back when, when I'm done, you know what I mean? I'm not driving around. I'm, I'm hunting a lot more on my boots than, than from the road. So, um, having to, I don't want to sacrifice what, you know, my, my time out, and, and try to get, you know, try to hope to get lucky. I mean, you know, no, like the hiking and hoping, but driving and hoping so that I can be spending time with them, but I want to show them the real process. I mean, you know, so if I, I got to find an area, I guess that, that seems like it would be conducive to hunting a little more kid friendly, whether it's just a, you know, a shorter hike and a sit kind of the thing or finding an area that I could road hunt with them and, and still have some kind of success to where I'm not just frustrated because, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. air quotes, wasting my time, my little bit of precious hunting time to try to, you know, show them the, the outdoors. So it's kind of, if I can get them, get them started that way, then it'll be, you know, something we can all do. And then, you know, like I said, no, will all eat, I'm, I'm with you to where, you know, I don't want to buy a, I don't want to buy salmon at a restaurant or get the, Farm raised, dyed stuff at the store or whatever. Right. So, um, you know, if we can we can get something for that, we can all eat. That's you know healthier, uh, healthy natural food. Then, then I'm all for it. Let yeah. them be. Let them participate in that. And you know,
0: yeah, heck, heck yeah, man. Um, so, little advice: I'm taking kids fishing. Um, most of the time, they don't even care about the fishing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so if you're hiking in somewhere to you know like an alpine lake. Type scenario um, Make it to where they can roam And play And they'll have yeah. more fun doing that To where you can just kind of Get that rod out and start casting The other thing is If in a boat or on a float trip Or anything like that Snacks When the snacks yes. run out the trip is over Yeah if, if, and, and so I'll, I'll pack Enough snacks to where you'd think I was going out For two days and and the kids, they'll open one thing and eat it and get distracted and play. Like, I take my kids in the boat all the time. And they love going in it, but they have to either be trained on something, like, okay, here's this. And I'll show them, like, the fish finder and be like, you can push this button, and it shows this display, and here's the fish, and this is. And if you explain to them how to actually read it, you'd be surprised how fast they pick it up and push the buttons and learn the functions. And my little guy... Oh, yeah utilize because he thinks it's so cool because i just put a garmin uh, on the boat with like the whole live scope thing and he'll hit the uh the live scope and start looking around with it and he'll actually find fish for me um i put it on (laughs) i probably shouldn't admit this on the air but i'm going to um he wanted to take the boat out it was at the end of the season i was actually getting ready for like a hunting trip and was spraying my clothes with permethrin and everything and and he was over on the boat playing and I just put on the the new screen <clears throat> and uh he kept bugging me cuz my wife was leaving with the girls so he was like let's take the boat out dad let's take the boat out and he's 3 so he was like let's take the boat out and i want to i want to see this in the water and i'm like okay all right buddy yeah we'll do that so it was just going to be a quick little trip didn't plan on anything um Next thing I know, you could see some dark clouds rolling in. And I'm like, oh, we're going to get dumped on, man. And I didn't think it would last that long, right? So it's raining a little bit. I get out, get him out of the truck and get him into the boat. Or he insisted on getting into the boat. He didn't want to stay in the truck. He wanted to be on the boat when I launched it and stay on the boat. And I'm like, okay. So I got his life jacket on. I set him on the boat and I put my coat over him and shelter him from the rain with a hood on. So he's sitting on the bow of the boat, and first thing he does is he turns on that that new fish finder, turns it on all by himself, and he's sitting there staring at the screen, playing with it. Well, I launched the boat, and I and it started downpouring, so I was like, okay, I'm just going to hurry up and tie it off. He doesn't care that it's downpouring; he's got a coat on, it's covering him, he's not getting wet, and he's just playing with that screen on the fish finder. So he's completely immersed in that world. So I hurry up and just wrap the boat rope around one of the docks. Well, it was a rundown, dilapidated dock, and the other one was on the other side of the launch that I wasn't tied to. So I hurried up and just put it there, and I'm like, the rope will stay. It's fine. So I go, I swing around, park the truck, and I can still see him the whole time. Um, Park the truck, and all of a sudden, I open up my truck door after I shut the truck off, and woof, the wind picks up and swings my truck door wide open. And I'm like, oh, God, this is not good. I look over at the boat the same time in that same gust of wind, Pushed down the boat hard enough to where it just, I had like a loop wrapped around. It pulled that rope off the dock oh, and God. the boat is now drifting away. And I'm like, this is not good. And I'm like, Hey buddy. And he's like, hi daddy. Didn't even look at me. He's still playing on that screen. So, oh yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to have to go swimming. I can't run along the shoreline because it's just full of reeds, like real tall, uh, I actually don't know what kind of grass they it looks kind of like cattails but it's not cattails um anyway so I'm like I'm gonna have to go swimming and this is mind you it's like late September maybe early October so water's cooled down already we've had some cool days I'm like I still wearing shorts right so I kick off my shoes take my wallet my cell phone everything take my shirt off throw it on the dock Take my hat, throw it down on the dock, car keys, everything. Jump in. I gotta go get the boat. And he's like thirty yards out already. Like (laughs) what? He's he's moving fast because the wind the wind just keeps picking up and pushing him. So I'm swimming out there, I get to the back of the boat and thank God there's a ladder on the back of the boat and I get up in there and I'm soaking wet and he turns around. Daddy, why are you all wet? What did you do what were you swimming? He had no idea that he even drifted away. And I told my wife, I said, so I told her the story after it happened. And she goes, well, you know, it's not that bad because you didn't lose (laughs) him. You know, (laughs) at least he was in line of sight the whole time. (laughs) That's right. But uh, that was an interesting dynamic. I'd never experienced anything like that. Felt horrible in the moment. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I can't believe I actually did that. Um, But needless to say, that was a short trip, but he thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And the point is, is if you teach them how to use those electronics, they'll be so wrapped up into it. They'll spend hours (laughs) doing that. And, you know, I know it's, you're getting a kid on a screen, but it's a little bit different because you're actually out there, you know, doing something fun. Yeah.
1: Um, well and it's a tool for you know what you're what you're doing it's not just here watch this thing so that you can leave me alone and i can do something else right
0: right and so he and, gets right they're probably not going to
1: find any crazy videos on there that are going to brainwash them right so no no
0: i mean just a <laughs> few fish swimming or whatever and what's cool is they actually i'm trying to get them and they can kind of pick out now like so i'm going to work with them more this year how they can pick out like what species of fish it actually nice. is by looking at the shape And everything so that's cool and then the other Thing they love doing is like driving You just take the key out and let them Sit there and while I'm on the trolling motor on the Front they just sit there and they'll play for You know 40 minutes just pretending they're Driving <laughs> driving the boat so It's pretty yeah. cool I think it's I think it's actually worse when you get them all together though Because then that, that Different dynamic happens and they everybody Wants to do what the other person's doing And stuff but spending oh, yeah. time one on One like that it it makes it easier, I think. <laughs> Those are my tips. Snacks run out, trips over though.
1: Yeah, no, that's I'm. i honestly, you know, I'm I'm a big kid, but I'm the same way. I gotta I gotta fast metabolism, <laughs> so I eat a lot more, I think, than than most people would guess anyway. But like, I'm I'm a yeah, I'm a snacker when I'm when I'm out and about. So I would I would not assume, and I mean I know my kids well enough to know that they're the same way. I mean, it, we we go to the grocery store, and they freak out if we don't have you know snacks to to get them. You know the 7 minute car ride from here to the store so yeah
0: <laughs> nice so uh what are what are your plans for elk season then uh staying local in Idaho and uh doing you got units picked out or no
1: uh it's i'm I'm floundering uh i have the the unit i hunted last year is a is a regular you know over the counter unit um or whatever, whatever they are whatever they call everything here now with the way Idaho shifted everything too. So, but yeah, I mean it's a I don't know. I gotta get it like again. I gotta get a harness on my ADD and decide what to do. I found a found an early season tag where I could be hunting, you know, hunting bulls that would potentially still be in velvet and in bachelor herds out in the desert in August. Or I can go back to a unit where I had a you know close encounter and saw. I mean, I've never seen so much sign in my life. I mean, I got just everywhere I went last year in the, uh, so I, I ended up, my elk season last year was, I got a day and a half of hunting, <laughs> which yeah. was yeah, you had kind a, of depressing.
0: A strange turn of events, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, so I had, a, I had a week,
1: I had, or no, not quite a week. I had, I had five days on the calendar, um, that I was supposed to go elk hunting My wife, uh, my wife, my oldest started doing jujitsu about a year and a half ago. And, um, luckily it's a, like, I don't know if it's a franchise or what, but the gym they started going to before we moved, there was one they could transfer to up here. So it's, you know, they didn't have to start over again, get new geese, get new belts, all that stuff. My wife went to Vegas to go watch some of her old gym mates, uh, compete at a jujitsu event there. And she's, I mean, based on her, the timeline and everything basically she got, she got the the virus on the way there sitting next to somebody that was sick and coughing on the flight on the way there. Cause when she, she was, she was already feeling sick when she got home and, and I got it. Like, I mean, right now the plan was that I was going to pick her up from the airport, um, and then take off the next morning at like, you know, one o'clock in the morning, basically enough early enough to be up there in the mountains at, at first light. And that was, I think it was supposed to be like the like the 12th or 13th of September or something like that. So, you know, within the first, first half a season and woke up, you know, my alarm went off that the next morning and I already felt like I got hit by a truck. So I spent my, my whole week that I was supposed to be elk hunting on the couch just feeling you know like hammered dog shit so yeah I am, so familiar, that was with awesome. that.
0: I am familiar with that <laughs> that actually happened to me um it was supposed yeah. to be a Colorado trip and then it turned into yeah quarantine so I had to actually at least I got to cancel the vacation you know and, and uh just use sick time but <laughs> <that> was... yeah
1: <laughs> I'm so familiar I with managed, that <laughs> yeah it was it was not I mean I was like you know first year that I could get a, a resident hunting license and everything and you know, I'm like, this is gonna be awesome. I got the, I got a week on the calendar, you know what I mean? And then nope. So we ended up, I managed to find, we had some dinner plans with uh, some couple friends of ours for like two weeks later, or something like that. And Saturday night we had dinner with them, came home, you know, helped her get the, the boys in bed uh and already had the car packed and got them in bed. And as soon as, you know, as soon as everybody's down, lights are off, I jump in the car and drove up to the mountains. And I that was the the first day I'd ever been, you know, been on the mountain with a with an elk tag in my pocket. There's a couple of herds in California that I had deer hunted around, and which was like the least productive deer hunting I've ever done because I just spent, you know, spent most of my time just watching the watching the elk, the elk. and you know, just like <laughs> man, these things are awesome. Like this is not productive at all, and I'm not going to bring home any meat this way. But Jesus, these things are cool. But uh, it was real quiet. I mean, it was like couldn't buy a bugle, didn't see an animal, nothing. Um, <clears throat> but sign everywhere. I mean, so much scat, uh blown up trees. I mean, just everything. And so the I ultimately made the decision to set up by the most productive uh game camera that I had set and just, you know, hope for the best. And twenty minutes to last light. Um I'd kind of been, I don't know, I'm not the I'm not the greatest caller, but like from everything I've heard, you know, I'm trying to trying to do like a Something that sounded like a breeding sequence. I don't know how good it sounded, but um, I don't know if that had anything to do with it or if, if it was just you know him on his own schedule. But twenty minutes to last light. I heard I heard two bugles and uh, went from like my first thought is like to call him, and then I was like I don't have enough time for that. I need to you know I need to I need to cut the distance. So I grabbed my I grabbed my pack and everything and my bow and just took off. There was a there's a big meadow between um, two big stands of, of trees. And I was in, I was in the one and he was sounded like he was on the other side. So grab all my stuff and, you know, haul ass across that meadow and get into that second stand of trees and start cow calling at him to see where he's at, see if I can get him to, you know, bugle again. And either he cut the distance to me or he was a lot closer than I thought he was because as soon as I, as soon as I got him to answer, he was like about forty yards away from me, up on a ridge. So, you know, then I'm trying to figure out I'm in I'm in this stand of trees, and it's you know that late. It's it's already kind of dark when you're in the timber. So I'm trying to figure out where to you know if he's going to come into me, if I need to like what I mean I I don't know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? I just panic. My brain's melting. I'm like ah. So <laughs> I keep <laughs> I keep uh, you know trying to keep him talking, and he's he's kind of moving back towards the way I came from. And again, I don't know if that's just where he was going or if he was going to where I was calling because, you know, he thinks there's a hot cow over there. I I don't know if I was doing that good of a job and I was convincing, or, you know, like I said, if that's just where he wanted to go, but he worked out into that, into that meadow. And there's kind of some sporadic pines throughout it. So once he got out there, I kind of, you know, playing cat and mouse and trying to keep pines between me and him. And I got to where I had, it was three minutes of legal shooting light left. When I looked at my watch, and I had I had a 41 yard frontal opportunity where we're both basically peeking around pines, looking at each other to you know to see you know try to try to find the other elk. And it was it was a nice bull. I mean, I didn't spend a lot of time trying to figure out how big he was because I was more concerned with the the lack of time that I had and trying to get a shot. But 41 yard frontal opportunity. um, I went to cut the distance between me and him again and get to the next pine that was between me and him. And when I did that, it should have been if I remember right, it would have been just under 30, like 27 yards from from that pine to where he was if he'd have stayed still, but by the time I popped out around the next one, he was like about another 30 or 40 yards out, you know, continuing the direction he was going. But I mean he was he wanted me to come hang out with him. he was chuckling at me and, and talking to me, so you know I'm, I based on time and the fact that I was going to have to you know run straight at him through the open, basically, I made the decision to pull the plug and hope I could you know find another another opportunity to get out there and, and get after him again without blowing him out of the country. But, I mean, the whole, the whole way hiking out back to the car, he was still chuckling at me. So, he was a uh, – I must have done an all right enough job talking to him that, that he didn't, you know, he didn't realize that I was somebody that had no idea what I was doing. So You know,
0: I, a lot of times I think we think we're worse than we really are. Because uh, the same thing with me with the mouth diaphragm with the turkey – in my mind I think I'm terrible but at the same time I've been around enough birds and raised enough turkeys and jack with those turkeys and get them all fired up and and clucking back at me and gobbling and everything else that maybe I'm better than I think I am but I've been out in the timber and just jacking around scouting like you know uh
1: looking for
0: late season sign and trying to find old beds and all that kind of stuff that, uh, you know, about this time of year while I'm shed hunting and I'll jack around with the turkeys before actual turkey season and I'll have a couple of them come running in. So it must be that we're, you know what I mean? We're better off than we really think we are. And that, uh, yeah. And, or maybe the animals really don't care that much because, and maybe turkeys are different entirely though, because I've, you you, you could hear turkeys gobble at an over overhead jet that's passing by or a helicopter too. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah. <laughs>
1: what I've, I've heard that from a lot of people that know better than I am. That some of the worst sounding calls I've ever heard are, are elk in the woods. So, I mean, probably a combination of two because I, I know I've, I've definitely messed with turkeys too. And like, you know I mean? his mouth gobble and yeah. get them to, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure that doesn't sound like a real turkey, you know what I mean? But at the same time, it's it's close enough that it, gets, enough. Them to, it gets them to
0: get some fired up. Back. So yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Whether it's that the, they don't care or that you know, I don't know. But yeah, I've, I've definitely heard that before. That you know, the worst sounding, some of the worst sounding calls are are actually from the real thing. So, but I mean, it was it was encouraging. I mean, I I thought for again for a guy that's you know that was the first day I've ever been boots on the mountain with a tag in my pocket um, and never I mean I'd never even never even accompanied anybody on a on an elk hunt to doing decent enough to where I actually got myself an opportunity I was I was pretty stoked but managed to find one more supposed to be one more weekend to go out like two weeks later or something like that I think there was like I think there was one one more week of season or something like that after after the the next round I managed to find to get out and Same thing. It was, I mean, it was real quiet. There wasn't, you know, not a lot of, not a lot of talking or anything. So actually, you know, no, no talking that we heard in the morning, um, went out with a, with a buddy of mine and we were sitting over a wallow kind of midday and we heard a chuckle kind of, you know, pulled out the, pulled out the maps, kind of got an idea where we both agreed where we thought it was coming from, uh, looking at the topography and everything to try to figure out how to get in on it and we take off to go, you know, cut the distance to him, which it was a a pretty good ways. I was probably half a mile or something down across the creek and up over a couple of finger ridges. But I mean, it was, we had all the time in the world. So, you know, we get, get ready, take off and we got to drop down and cross this little Creek where we were at to get over onto the next finger ridge. And my buddy slipped and fell and, uh, tore like three muscles. I think the doctor said in his, in his right calf. So that was, that was the end of it. That was a season closer right there. So we spent the. Spent the, you know, next couple hours getting him, uh, getting him hiked out of the, out of the mountains and back to the truck, break down camp. And yeah, that was it. Fun. Now
0: I, man, what's cool and it's encouraging though, is you actually got on elk, right? So my first time out elk hunting with a tag in my pocket, it was more or less just an expensive park pass. I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't research it as much as I should have but for me it was such a sobering experience that I knew holy crap I really need to do my homework I need to uh really try and figure these things out and uh even though I didn't get to go on that other one with my cousin uh after the whole covid thing we did put in the work and he went back and applied that same stuff we already studied and went went and uh And and analyzed in the hunt plan And everything that we had And utilized it and ended up getting on elk The following year So it's cool to know that uh, All that effort and work That we put in afterwards Ended up actually paying off And we would have been in elk And potentially successful In fact I believe he said that uh, He was like 65 or 70 yards Had a cow And uh, was able to take that cow but didn't take it because he didn't want to take a 65 or 70 yard shot. Um, right. And I was like, well, you know, if you were in him and he wanted, so he came back and actually wanted to later on and, and ended up not being in him later on in the season, but was wanting to take a bowl. And I said, man, I would have dropped that cow in a heartbeat. Like, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah, that's one thing I figure now I got to work on is longer range shots. So, uh, yeah. You know, and was pitch, that,
1: was that Colorado you guys? Colorado. You- yeah. So Colorado archery is a are they all are all the archery tags either sex or is it just the the unit you guys were in or he was in or I believe whatever?
0: the majority of them are either sex for and I don't yeah. know if that's changed or maybe it's over the counter tags are either sex I I, I don't know I I right. haven't looked at the regulations in a while in fact I'm so far behind on stuff this year that I actually won not only forgot to do my windshield permits but also didn't put in for Arizona so now I don't have my uh additional point for applying every year after five years. So now I, I don't get that extra point. I, I uh didn't put in for New Mexico. Um so yeah I I've really dropped the ball on a lot of stuff. <laughs>
1: Well there's there's a way there is a way that you could uh you could still find yourself in New Mexico this year. I don't know if you've seen it but the uh Elk bros are doing a um a coached not a guided but a coached hunt giveaway.
0: That would be cool. That would be cool. And you know,
1: you know the way I work with giveaways, I'm uh I'm I'm yeah, you're I'm really nice prob- heavy on that one.
0: <laughs> Honestly, you're probably already there. I mean, uh I you are the luckiest SOB I've ever met in my life, I think, as far as giveaways go. Um, just publicly challenged giveaways alone, I think you've won at least two of them, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, not to mention, I mean, how many have you won, like, lifetime? Since, since you've gotten the gram, how many giveaways have you actually won?
1: I think it's uh I think I gotta be somewhere around like like thirty-three right now. And that was the first one. First one I won was uh on my birthday actually in, in twenty twenty in the height of COVID. Um and I think it's I think it's been like like thirty three, thirty-four, something like that. So I'm averaging like like eleven a year. What's
0: the biggest <laughs> thing you've ever won from an Instagram giveaway?
1: Uh a Remington safe.
0: Dang, dude.
1: <laughs> yeah
0: what's the most expensive thing? Is that the Remington
1: safe as well? Probably I'd have to look and see like what the actual, yeah, that, that's, that's gotta be it. I think I looked it up and I think it was like a $2,000 safe. And I was like, I was convinced it was, it was uh, a scam. When I got the, you know, the direct message of congratulations. I was like, did I accidentally follow one of these, you know, one of these scam accounts that, that you get as soon as you, uh, you know, as soon as you like one of these giveaways. But, I mean, it's it's sitting here in, in my garage. I'm looking at it right now, so, so it's real. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what company was it? Remington or what? Way.
1: Yeah, yeah. Remington safes.
0: No kidding! Wow. Okay. And then, like, I mean, have you won bows and stuff yet, or no?
1: Not yet. I'm I'm still trying. You know, I never. Uh, I'm still. I'm I'm shooting an older bow. I try to like. I mean, for a while, I didn't. You know, anything, anything, anybody tagged me in, but I've been. I've been trying to. I figure the way my luck is, I don't. I don't need to be winning things that I don't actually want. So okay. I'm only. I'm wow. only...
0: <laughs> so 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 now you're to the point to where you win so much, you're like, I can be pretty selective about this and just get the stuff I want. Maybe let the other people, you know, have an opportunity. Let the common folk uh, have, yeah. Yeah. have an opportunity.
2: <laughs>
1: It's weird, man. I don't, I honestly, like, I don't know. I've had enough like yourself and, you know, some, like quite a few other people they are just like, what, like, how do you even do this? I'm like, I honestly, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what the deal is. Like, I don't know where the horseshoe is it's somewhere, but uh, it's, it's, yeah, I, I don't, I've never considered myself really like a, you know, a super lucky person, but I mean, I'd be hard pressed to try to convince even myself at this point that I'm not the way that, you know the way those giveaways go
2: yeah unfortunately
1: (laughs) it doesn't seem to translate to lottery tickets i keep i keep buying them but you know i don't uh i don't ever seem to hit those ones yeah and or uh the last few years filling tags it's not uh it's not crossing over to that either but you know (laughs) well you know
0: i i i think you're all right even with just the instagram luck i i think you're doing okay um i'm doing pretty good i i get i get tagged quite a bit from you uh (laughs) Quite a bit, in fact. Um, and I'm like, oh, Chris is uh, going in another lottery and see if he can win something. And I, I always wonder. I'm like, how many does he win every time he tags me? You know. But uh, yeah, it's uh, you know, some people say that it's actually karma, and that you're such a good person that that's how you are getting back what you put out there. So maybe, maybe that's it. You know. Yeah. It could be. It I know this.
1: That I I feel like this this community. Like I've I've benefited a lot personally from this community. I mean, aside from you know Instagram giveaways, just the you know the the hunting community is definitely the the place that I've I've felt the most welcomed out of anywhere in my life. Which is weird because it's I mean it's mostly been a you know a virtual a virtual community that I've been a part of. So it's uh, it's I a try weird to dynamic. As, that. as much it really is. Isn't like it? I, I for the longest time I. I used to, I mean, I, I made fun of social media until one of the, a guy I worked with was like, Oh man, no, I'm, I'm, I'm on there, but it's just, I mean, it's just for hunting. And really I joined to, uh, um, you know, live vicariously through other people's, you know, year round hunting to get me from deer season to deer season. And then, you know, start talking to people and, you know, meet, meet people and, you know, build mostly for, you know, for the most part, virtual relationships. But, you know, you, you, I mean, when I moved up here. I had a handful of people that, you know, I knew fairly well just via Instagram that, you know, I've kind of come to rely on for other things and have, you know, helped me get the area figured out. And I mean, that was, that was one of the biggest things is talking to people that are up here, you know, um, uh, Roger Hulsher, Yeah. uh, backcountry yeah. Baba Yaga talking to him, you know, from a, from a cop and a parent's perspective, what do you think of the area? You know what I mean? Is it a good place to settle down and, and raise a family and, you know, it's, you know hey it's a safe area it's good there's you know there's stuff for the kids there's stuff for i mean there's obviously there's all the hunting so you know versus asking google like what's the best area to move to like right right you know, who decides yeah. that you know what i mean like cool for for who you know, you know what i mean is that like i don't know Who well, that's who like decides I've, that? I've
0: seen polls before to where it's like best cities or best 50 cities to live in in the United States and, like, Naperville, Flint, Illinois. Michigan. Yeah. Naperville, <laughs> Illinois is, like, number 10 on the list. And I'm like, what? Okay. High taxes. Uh, you know, like, all these different things. And I'm like, how is that? And then not yeah. to mention, like, just recently they've had, like, three downtown, which is supposed to be, like, this nice river walk shootings within the past couple months. I'm like, yeah, great place. Right. Yeah. 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 Great. Yeah. <laughs> seems like a good place. I mean, Mayberry would seem like a better place to me, but maybe that's not everybody's cup of tea. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But so, man, you uh you are definitely the Instagram guru as far as winning, but it, it's crazy. I still can't get over all the stuff I've seen you, you know, congratulations <laughs> to you and I'm like, "What?" all the time. Again? Yeah. yeah. And then and what You commented, I tagged myself one time. I don't remember what it was on, but you're like, seriously, you're tagging yourself. And I'm like, well, I can't tag you because you're the one hosting the the giveaway. Or Was that the one? Is that the one I won, actually? Is that the the one I won is the one I tagged myself in, see? So I'm going to start tagging myself. Maybe it's me that is your (laughs) luck. That could be it. You know what because I mean? Maybe you're if, the lucky one. I maybe I am. My wife says I'm lucky. I do win. I gotta admit, I do win quite a bit of uh like outside giveaways. I've won bows and even guns and whatever before. You know, like I'll go to like a church raffle or a sportsman's whatever and just pick up a raffle ticket and be like, "Oh, you won!" You know. So th- who knows? I doubt it's me. Maybe we're both just lucky. And the the yep. combination of the two is what really makes. <laughs> makes there you go. It
1: happen. <laughs> We'll have to test that. <laughs> there, yeah. And get your get hey. your get your knee all rehabbed, and we'll see how next uh, next spring bear goes. You know what I mean? Totally.
0: Yeah. No, I am definitely down for that. Um, and hopefully, we can pull you in and get you uh, hosting some podcasts here. It's uh, yeah. And like once again, we we're talking about the whole developing friendship things. I mean, you and I have been talking back and forth for at least two years now probably and uh, just got to know each other and stuff and hit it off and definitely a lot of similarities and, and, uh, it, it it's neat because so many of these people, you, you call them your buddy, you call them your friend, even in conversation casually to some of your other friends. You're like, oh, yeah, I got a buddy that they're, they're like, how do you have a buddy that, you know, did that or lives in Idaho I never met this friend before. And it's like, well, yeah, you yeah. have it because it's a weird, strange dynamic of a time we're living in. We're in this virtual world. But uh, for the most part, you know, you can you can weed out people and actually meet people and somehow solidify relationships with them and 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 never actually hang out with them in person i feel like we've done that quite a bit and and there's some other people too that it's just it's weird but it's it's awesome at the same time and social media may be this double-edged sword to where there is uh you know a lot of negativity and bad things out there but uh there's always positives there's always positives that you can find through it too
1: yeah yeah. Yeah. It's just, I mean, you gotta, you know, you gotta filter your filter, your filter. I don't know even how to say that you got it. It's, it's going to show you whatever you're looking at. Right. So if you can, you know, figure out what you want to, I mean, the, the whole, I mean, I still don't understand the, the algorithm. Right. But like, whatever you're, whatever you're looking at, you know, whatever it's that pause on something for six seconds or whatever the, you know, whatever the magic math is and, you know, whatever you double tap decides on, on what it's gonna you know, continue to show you more and more <laughs> of so
0: And it does. So I'm almost to the point to where it's like I <laughs> this is gonna sound bad or weird or whatever to some of my people, but <laughs> like you almost wanna click on that Antifa post or you almost want to click on like a BLM movement or like a hashtag get vaccinated or any of these things, right? Just so you're not stuck in an echo chamber of all of the same things you want to be so yeah. diversified and so weird that you confuse that algorithm and you get a portion of everything because i'm going to be honest i'm the kind of person i want to give somebody a chance and you probably saw a post i just did about the the wild boar hunt and the spearing that i did and, and yeah that, i mean even people like joe rogan Talk down about 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 spearing animals and how it's so negative and it's not ethical and, but he's never done it. He's probably never yeah. even had anybody on his show that has done it. And if he had somebody like Tim Wells or somebody that goes around and has been all over the world and speared things or that hunt primitive guy that does it, he, it might change his mind. And and the fact that you have to get so close to these animals. And either get them to to charge you, or get them to uh, to where you can get within you know ten feet of them, and and I I figured out my max distance for throwing the spear is actually around like eight feet is where I'm effective. Eight feet and inside of that, anything outside of that, like ten, twelve feet, it's kind of a crapshoot. But eight yeah. feet is like that realistic number, and what's crazy. That spear does so much damage, it doesn't matter where you hit them, if it's anywhere in that body cavity, it's going to stick in there, and then they're going to run, and that's going to bounce off the ground and continually slice. And that animal's not going more than 60 yards, no matter where you hit them in that body cavity. Yes, it seems brutal and it seems gruesome, but it's very effective. Like there's a reason Very why fast, right that's there's a reason why we hunted millennia with spears because it when was you that look at effective. the animals
1: that yeah. that we killed with spears I mean a mammoth for crying out loud that's
0: <laughs> yeah giant giant mastodons and so yeah. like if you look at like they talk about the Pleistocene era and our impact upon that and there's actually a book I can't remember the guy's name something Sears or Salus or something like that uh, he wrote the American Serengeti and then his new book, gosh, it's slipping me, but, uh, his new book talks about that and it talks about how, uh, we may have actually had an impact on the extinction of many of these animals.
1: Right. And I think, uh, there was, what was it? There was some, was it a poison or something that we, that we developed that played a big part in that? In in the kind of the changing of the, you know, the megafauna that we're around based on the, you, you, you know, putting, putting poison on the spear tips. I've, I've, I probably haven't read I, nearly as much on it as you have, but I think I there don't was, know there I bet you, that... you
0: have like, I'm, I'm not that deep into it. And so I, I, a lot of times I don't read that actual book. I just don't have time. Um, so I'll get like a book like that and listen to it on audio. But the problem is, is it's so in depth when I'm driving. Yeah, I I hyper focus on it and then I get fatigued and then like I was just driving back from Texas listening to it and then my buddy called me and he's like hey how's your trip going I was like got really tired had to stop I was listening to this book oh what book are you listening to and he's like "Yeah, you can't listen to that while you're driving dude like
1: yeah
0: (laughs) yeah so I mean but it's it's pretty cool to to think about that and how long we've been doing it but Getting back to it, it's like all these people talk negative and all these aren't here quarterbacks. And everybody wants to have their opinion and get pissed off about something without actually giving somebody time. I want to hear everybody's story. There there was yeah. a post that I posted um, and it was one of my, my public land whitetail bucks. And it was just an awesome morning. <clears throat> the fog was coming down. The light was like perfect. So I framed the shot and it was a really good shot. And I posted it. And at the time, I think I had like maybe a thousand followers on, on Instagram, and I it got over a thousand likes. Maybe maybe I had like eight hundred followers. Like I didn't have that many followers to get that many likes. Whatever I had, and at the time right. I was like, "Holy crap!" Like it was, it might have been over a thousand likes. But anyway, all these different likes. So then it started gaining traction, popularity on the posts, and of course you got all these trolls. And my wife was getting like upset about these people making these comments how i'm just this murderer and all these different things and and i posted on there and i think it was like sam soholt or somebody commented and they're like uh or or liked it my comment because i told them i said that's your point of view and i have a different one but i would be more than happy to sit down with you i have a podcast let's talk about it i'll i'll definitely i'll sit down and i'll hear your side of the story and that's how yeah. I feel it should be with everybody. And nobody gives anybody any time and has all these preconceived notions about everything. And, and there's zero experience or substantiated evidence behind it. There is nothing supporting their opinions. I mean, right. and, and what's funny is I listened to a podcast recently and it was about uh, Chris Beck, which was the Navy SEAL that transitioned and, and then transitioned back from female to male. And so he talked about this whole story and he's like, you know, I was in a weird space. I, I, they put me on all these different drugs and there was a lot going on that I let them talk me into more so than what it was. But nonetheless, if people would just listen to people and get their side of the story, they might actually be able to help them instead of just judge them and push them into a corner. You know? Yeah. It's, it's a weird place we're living in. <laughs>
1: It's yeah. The, the world is getting strange. That's that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. The the spearing thing. Honestly, like I mean, to, to keep it in the hunting space, <laughs> not go down that rabbit hole. We don't like, have to.
0: <laughs> that's what's great. This is my show. We can do whatever we want.
1: <laughs> yeah. The I think the I mean, like you said, the, the you know, the spears. Like it's if you look at, I mean, just just looking at the looking at the thing that's making contact, right? The thing that's delivering the deadly blow. Like how big is that spearhead compared to? an arrowhead even some of the biggest you know like you look at what like the tough edge or whatever where you got some of those things that are like got to be close to two and a half three inches long right yeah you, your spearhead is way bigger right and and the size of your projectile given it's probably not moving at the speeds but you're you're putting a much bigger a much bigger sharp thing into you know into the thoracic cavity of a, of a living thing that's gonna you're making a lot more you know, you're ripping through a lot more veins and arteries and everything. And it's going to bleed out a lot faster Yeah. by comparison to the way you look at the way, a you know, a bear versus a cat or a wolf, you know, kill something that thing's going to be alive until it bleeds out slowly. And they're not targeting arteries and trying to deliver a fast ethical kill. So no matter what, it's still happening faster than, than it'll happen in nature. So we're still, you know, I mean, we we still have the ethics side of that conversation, but I mean, it's, it's and I think I put something to that effect in the in the comments on that post. Like, it is in our history that is like you said. I mean, yeah. how many you know whatever hundreds of thousands of years did or I mean I don't know if that's even accurate. How for how long did we hunt that way? You know how long was the spear the pinnacle of you know the most modern hunting technology that we had? And it's still I mean you look at a if you. If you don't do everything perfectly with a rifle, I mean, that's, you know, that is the current, you know, modern pinnacle of technology for for hunting, killing, right. whatever you want to call it. If you don't put that thing exactly where it needs to be, you're probably better off with a marginal, you know, spear throw than even a rifle shot that's just barely outside of where it needs to go. Because that, you know, super fast moving piece of smooth, whatever metal it is, is not going to do the damage that a spear does. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and as long as you're, you know, as long as you're doing your due diligence to where you're, you know, you're practiced and you can, you know, make a, an ethical drop throw, whatever it is. I mean, I think what Tim Wells does a lot of his where he's almost just dropping the spear on whatever it is coming under him uh, in tree stands, doesn't he? Yeah, there's enough
0: force <clears throat> to where when you drop that spear and I did practice that quite a bit, but everything I did was from the ground which yeah, kind of added a whole new element to it, which was awesome.
1: <laughs> it was freaking. That's like me. the, I mean, like going out from with knives, I, that, that's something that like one of these days I'm going to have to go to Hawaii and do a boar hunt. You know what I mean? Like, or I think you can do that. What Texas they can do. You can do it? I'm not sure. I got to look into the, Pretty much the anywhere. rest of the so laws. Like, you
0: can... So because they're a non-native species in every state, there are no real laws of how you can pursue them. And yes, a lot of states use hounds. And yeah. the houndsmen don't want you to use a gun around their right. hounds because if you yep. miss, now you're killing your yeah. dog that you just, they just invested all that time and money yep. and effort in training those dogs. So, yeah, they want you to use a knife. And I'm going to be honest, there was some experiences where I could have actually used a knife. Uh, yeah. I, I, at one point, <clears throat> didn't bring my bow because I thought I'll just play back up. Other people need to get a hog. I got two in one day. I was like, S- Sunday. I'm just gonna go with you know my buddies and uh, I'm gonna bring my bow and I'll just back them up if they get a shot. I'll put another arrow in it because my first hog had five arrows in it, maybe six before wow. it went before it went down. I mean, it yeah. was running, bleeding literally like a stuck pig, and and bleeding out, but just had so much energy and and just. <laughs> It was, I mean, they've got some fight in them. Oh, they, yeah, they do. (laughs) They're feisty. Yeah. And then, so, uh, so that, that happened. Then I speared one and it actually charged me and I speared it. And then, so the next day I was like, well, I'll just bring my bow and I'll back you guys up and put an arrow or two in a hog to help try and drop it and put it down. Everybody's like, yeah, that's a good idea. So we go stalking, and I end up uh, stalking up on some, and so does another buddy. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to hunt them because they're supposed to be over there, and I'll just, like, push the hogs to them. Well, they ended up not being there. They ended up setting up somewhere else because they saw some hogs and veered off, and we're, we're chasing them. So here I am, and here the other guy is, and we're looking and looking around, and it's like, okay. Well, let's stock up on them. So I get up on them, and we both end up getting within like six feet of them, and they're just hanging out in between a little bit of brush. And I'm like, well, I should have brought my spear. I don't want. I don't want an arrow one. You know that's no fun. So at one point, I contemplated grabbing two arrows out of my quiver and jumping on its back and <laughs> thrusting them in. But I'm like. You know, and then, and then I started thinking about it. I'm like, nah, I don't want to do that. So then, so then we just flushed them out and tried flushing them towards where we thought the other guys were anyway. But I, just those experiences and the opportunities I had and the fact that you can actually stock up on them. And, and it all goes back to just taking your time. I mean, we spent an hour playing with those hogs. But when we did, uh, taking your time, trying not to make mistakes, being as quiet as possible it's possible to get up on animals and i i mean i can't imagine i think most of the time though like if you look at like even norway when they hunted moose they would actually push they would drive the moose to these moose pits they'd have spears and swords but they would drive the moose towards these pits they'd fall in the pits and then they'd finish them off with the spears most of the time but you right, know, and I think like a lot some of, of those old uh mammoth pits, like the buffalo stuff. hunts, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, and the mammoth pits <clears throat> down towards Mexico and stuff like that, yeah, but man, oh man, spears, spears are possible, and uh they are lethal, is what I've learned, <laughs> it's cool, yeah, but uh man, it's been good uh talking and conversing with you, thanks for supporting my opinion on that, yeah. um. And, uh, I appreciate it. And if people want to like reach out to you, talk to you, find your social media, follow your cool stuff that you're doing and watch your journey as you grow, uh, where can, where can they find you?
1: It's, uh, my Instagram is, uh, Elpis, E-L-P-I-S underscore Chris, um, or at Elpis Chris and, uh, or just, you know, put in my, I don't, I think I'm the, I think I'm the only Chris McKelvey on, on Instagram. I don't know if if you Google me, there's a, there's a football player somewhere. That's, that's definitely not me, but, uh, (laughs) yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty hard to miss I'm I'm the, I'm the goofy weirded dude, weird bearded, weird bearded guy. So yeah, make a lot of silly, silly video posts and goofy crap like that. But yeah,
0: good stuff, man. Awesome. Talking to you. I appreciate it. And, uh, hopefully people can start maybe listening to a few episodes of you soon. Yeah. Awesome.